Good morning once again. Um, just want to, so Alan mentioned it, just once again, just want to remind you guys that neither Alan or myself are mental uh, health counselors. Um, what you're going to hear from us today is uh, from our heart, hopefully from the Holy Spirit, and we just want to kind of provide a biblical perspective on these issues uh, for anyone who's struggling. <clears throat> like most of you guys, I'm on social media, and if you're one of my friends or you follow me, then you know I'm not very good at it. I don't post very much, but when I do, you can be sure it's going to be like a vacation or my kids doing something well in sports, fun times with friends, uh, lots of smiles. And most of my time on social media is actually just spent stalking around and seeing what everybody else is up to. And it, it's the same thing. Uh, you see wedding anniversaries and birthdays, uh, inspirational quotes, and, and it's all good stuff. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I don't blame social media for this, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that it helps. But to some degree, we are all under pressure to present this Instagram version of ourselves. Um, I'm here to tell you guys, despite what you see, no one's life is 60% uh, tropical vacations and 40% puppies. Okay? Um, but we're under this, this pressure to present the best version of ourselves, and I think that that's just one of the many reasons why talking about what we're talking about today is so difficult, issues of depression and mental health and, and even suicide. Um, but if you or, or someone you know has ever lost someone to suicide, then you know <clears throat> that the opposite side of that uh, coin is the guilt and the questions that come. Um, now all of a sudden you're asking yourself, Did I, why didn't I talk more? Why didn't I say more about it? I had a friend in high school. Um, in high school, we were pretty close. But after graduation, our paths diverged. And it wasn't uh, many years after that that he was in a very dark place, and he killed himself. And you can bet that I asked myself those same questions. He lived half a mile away from me. Why did I let a relationship fall apart like that? Could I have done more? Why did he do this? And then the biggest question of all is what happens to the soul of someone who would do something like this? <clears throat> well, I hope today that we are able to answer some of those questions and bring a little comfort to anyone who is struggling. Um, first, I want to say that I understand why talking about these things are so difficult. I'm as guilty as anyone here of presenting that Instagram version of myself, but that is why building these relationships is so important. You have people in your lives that love you. There are people in this room that care about you and want you to stay here with us. And if there is anything in your life that is telling you something different, that is a lie from the devil, and it deserves to be thrown into the fire right there beside him. Second, there is a God, and he knit you together in your mother's womb, and he knows every hair on your head, and he loves you so much that he gave his one and only son to die for your sins so that you and he could be together forever. And he never runs out of love, and he never runs out of patience. And as a believer in Jesus, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that you can do that could ever make that stop. Just please watch. If you're watching this video because you personally have considered suicide, please know that God wants you to live. He is a God of life, and even if you can't see it in this dark moment, he has a bright future of hope for you. And that's why we want to help. 
Please remember that the National Suicide Prevention Line is available 24-7. You can find it by dialing 988. If anxiety is a sin, what happens to someone who succumbs to it and dies by suicide? Hundreds of questions came in at our church's recent Q&A Sunday, but this one uh, maybe had the most emotion and importance behind it. You know, lots of us struggle with anxiety. The Bible says to not be anxious. It's not how God wants us to live. But if that's so powerful for you that you just, you don't see a way out and in that tragic moment you take your own life, what happens? It's a sin. Were you unrepentant of that sin? Did you not have time to say sorry to God? You took your own life, which is also sinful. Do you go to heaven or did you throw heaven away in the midst of your sin? Now, I know that this is not just a theoretical question. I know that some people who struggle with darkness and anxiety and depression and mental health see it as the only escape. I can think of a man right now. I can see his face and his family who loved the things of God. And the day he took his own life, there were books about Jesus next to his computer when the family found the remains. Uh, what happens? Let's open a Bible and speak God's truth to that emotional question. First of all, the premise, is anxiety a sin? Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a command. Don't be anxious. Just like the Bible says, what, hundreds of times, do not be afraid. When we see something concerning, when we think about, like, what if and, and what about, it makes us afraid. It makes us anxious. God says, I, I want you to trust me. I want you to believe that I'm in control of everything. I'm going to work it all out to your good. Call upon me in that day of trouble. Thank me for everything that I've given you through Jesus. Ask me for what you need. I don't want you to live in anxiety. That isn't a suggestion. That's a command from God. Don't be anxious. And sort of feel anxiety and fear and indulge it instead of resisting it is like seeing an attractive person and indulging with lust instead of resisting it. We can't say, yes, God does not want us to be anxious. Uh, that is a sin. And if I had about four more hours, I would, I would talk to you about how Jesus forgives that sin. I mean, I love people who struggle with this sin all the time. Just like I have my sins, I struggle with all the time. Some of us, some of you are going to battle anxiety for a long time. God is patient. He's merciful. He's forgiving. I need you to know that. But what if you know someone who followed Jesus, was deep in a struggle with anxiety, and took their own life? Uh, they committed suicide. And I, I choose the verb committed because it is a spiritual crime. They didn't just die by suicide like you die by a heart attack. They made a choice and it was wrong and it was evil and it hurts the people who survive. If you committed suicide in the midst of that dark mental health spot, what happens to you? Oh, let me give you my answer and then I want to prove it with the Bible. A Christian who's struggling with mental health and in that dark moment takes their life goes to heaven. They do. 
It is not a certain sin that condemns you. It is unbelief that condemns you. In John chapter 3, we learn that God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Right? The one who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but the one who rejects God's son is condemned. Look up John chapter 3, I think verse 36, 316, and 318 to prove that. Believers in Jesus are saved. Those who don't believe are not. But some people would say, well, don't you need to repent? And if I commit this sin, I don't have time to repent. I don't have time to say sorry to God. I mean, maybe if I take some pills and the death is slow, I can cry out and confess it. But what if I can't? Well, what then? Well, I think that would be a misunderstanding of what it means to repent. If your understanding is, well, I'm a Christian now, but then I worried, so I'm not a Christian. But if I say, oh, God, I'm sorry, well, now I'm a Christian again. And then I get really angry at someone as I'm driving, I'm not a Christian. But an hour later, I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry for getting angry, and now I'm a Christian again. If you think that you're in and out of the Christian faith every time you sin and then need to confess, if you think you're repentant and then you're not repentant after every, that, I mean, wouldn't that be terrifying, by the way? <laughs> if you had to confess everything verbally to be a repentant follower of Jesus? Oh, no, that's not how it works. Uh, the Bible says, like, you are a child of God unless you harden your heart and push the Holy Spirit away in unrepentance. When you stop struggling and just, you're, you're done, the door's locked, I'm going to do what I want. How about an analogy? What if I'm on the phone in an argument with someone, I'm being selfish, I'm trying to win, and I'm driving my car. I shouldn't be on my phone while I drive my car, but I am. And I, I run a red light, boom! And I get broadsided and I die in the midst of my argumentation, selfishness, and sin. Do I miss out on heaven? Do I think I'm going up to Jesus and an angel says, Ooh, sorry, yeah, you got angry and you didn't apologize. No. No, I was a believer in the moment of sin. I was not an unrepentant, hard-hearted unbeliever. And so that's why I would say if a person in the midst of their sin ends their own life, if they commit suicide, they're not condemned to hell. They were just a, a weak Christian who gave in in a moment of weakness. It doesn't mean it's not a terrible thing to do. I know some of you are struggling deeply with depression and you see this as an, wait, I can go to heaven too, even if I do that? No, please, that is a sin. You shall not murder. God says you will hurt so many people so deeply, so don't. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He still loves you. He does not want you to make that choice. But if you, like a family I know, has a loved one who's made that choice, who you know loved Jesus but just struggled so deeply, take heart. God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever believes in him, even anxious people, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you're watching this video because you personally have considered suicide, please know that God wants you to live. He is a God of life and even if you can't see it in this dark moment, he has a bright future of hope for you. And that's why we want to help. Please remember that the National Suicide Prevention Line is available 24-7. You can find it by dialing 988. Hello again. Tough questions, huh? Um... I'm going to reiterate what Todd said before again. We're not professionals. We're just speaking from life experience, maybe. 
and with the, the words the Holy Spirit has given us to share with you. As some of you that were here last week know, um, suicide touched my life at a very early age with my best friend. Um, I asked that question probably up until about six months ago when I saw that video. What happened? Will I ever see Jim again? There's a lot to unpack there from Pastor Mike, but I think the best place to start is let's, let's just cover anxiety for just a moment there. What is anxiety? When you look at a, a, a dictionary, it talks about a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. We can't be anxious about, oh, I wonder if the game is going to turn out the way I want. Anxious is about fear and dread, a fear of death. It's dark. It's debilitating. Um, a lot of us have suffered a little bit of anxiety in our lives. Uh, but we can't even begin to understand that level of anxiety that some people experience. Um, just how dark, just the, the, the literal hell that they're living through on earth when they just don't have answers. They don't know which way to look. They don't know where to go. Um, Pastor Mike says anxiety is a sin. So if that's the case, why isn't it easier for us to just turn away from it? Get a grip on it. Let's just move forward. Well, how do you do with the rest of the sins in your life? How easy is it to just get over it, move forward? Don't let it get a grip on you. We all have problems with that. In fact, the Bible tells us there are hundreds of instances in the Bible where God commands us not to be anxious. If you've done any reading, if you've seen things out there, you will see people post that. It tells us roughly 365 times to fear not or not be afraid in the Bible. How many days are in the year? 365. You think that's a message God wanted to really pound into our heads and our hearts? I think so. And yet it's still so hard for us to grasp sometimes. Um, I mean, the Bible's full of commands on do this, don't do this, we should do this, we shouldn't do this. We struggle with all of it. So it's natural that we're also going to struggle with the sin of anxiety. When it comes along, we're going to have problems with understanding how do I get through this? What are the ways to, to help me deal with this? What does the Bible say? What is God encouraging me with to help me through all this? Um, and maybe you don't like Pastor Mike was saying. Some people can't get through it. They give in, like we give in to the other sins. I think the most important thing to remember right there is God's ultimate promise to us. And if we look at our next one, John 3.16 is the reminder. God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Seems like a simple answer, and in a way it is. It's about love. It's about loving our Savior. It's about God loving us. It's about belief. It's about faith. It's about all those things that are deep-seated in our heart for all of our lives, things that we carry with us um, every day. That love never ends. Todd was talking about that. There's nothing we can do to drive God's love away from us as long as Jesus still lives in our heart. 
So if that depression, that loneliness, that fear, that anxiety gets the best of me, what if I cross that line that there's no coming back from? In my weakness at that moment, have I just erased 60 years of being a child of God? Pastor Mike reminds us, it is not a specific sin that separates us from Jesus, that separates us from our eternal home. It is unbelief, pure and simple. You know, we talk about repentance. He talked about all those other things in there. Those are the things that we need to hold in our heart. Those are the things that are important to us. We're going to have sin. If you die in the middle of committing any other kind of sin, it doesn't separate you from heaven. It's the unbelief. The one who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but the one who rejects God's son is condemned. Those are important words to remember because that's what we need to hold on to in all of this. Living a life of faith, of true confession and repentance on a daily basis, those are the keys to keeping us always connected to God. It's a daily walk. It's not something determined by a single act in our lives. Remember, you're a child of God unless you harden your heart and push the Holy Spirit away in unrepentance. That's what Pastor Mike's talking about. So if you have been touched by suicide, if your family has been touched by it, those are things to remember. Those are things that you can use also to encourage people who have had to walk down that road and are struggling with those same questions. Point them to the Bible. Point them to God's promise. Point them to John 3.16. God so loved the world. Okay? Um, we're not standing here today and telling you we have the answers for all of the things that are going on. We don't have answers for the darkness. Um, but what we do have is promises from God. We know Jesus loves you, that he died to save you. But if you're still struggling with anxiety, with darkness, we do have some resources we'd like to share with you. So if we can look at some of our spiritual next steps, here's some things that you can walk away with that can help you or things that you can guide your, your friends, your family to. And I believe they're print, uh, printed also on the back of your blue um, worship notes. So the first one, um, the suicide and crisis hotline, as Pastor Mike said in the video even. It's up there, it's easy to get to. Three numbers, get them on the phone, get them in touch with professionals who know what they're doing and how to handle these situations. Don't put yourself, I mean, encourage, talk to them, keep them here, but don't put yourself in the role of being a counselor for anybody, okay? That's way beyond most of our skill set, all right? Next one, um, there's a, a training that's out there, it's called Stay Here. Um, they have a, a very bold plan of trying to get Gen Z to be suicide free, okay? Um, it's 45 minute training, it's free, it's got a lot of good information in it that you can work with, okay? The Pflugerville Counseling Center here in town, community partners of Pastor Darren offering therapy and counseling, there's the phone number. Not a bad idea to have it next to all the other emergency numbers, but we don't keep our emergency numbers by the phone anymore, we keep them in our phone. So a little different with that. But, but a good resource to have at your, your fingertips as well. Um, we have one other one here, or two others actually. Um, those of you who are familiar with the, um, the YouVersion Bible app, uh, if you scan this QR code, uh, there's a great, great uh, five-day devotional plan 
um, that kind of partners with the, the mental stress, gratefulness, um, helps us celebrate Thanksgiving week and all sorts of things that are going on, but a, a good resource to go to and take a look at that as well, okay? Then finally, um, another link here with some great resources. Some friends of ours at church have gone to this training just in the past couple weeks, and this link with all these other resources was shared as well, okay? The thing that we want you all to remember in leaving this is God has a purpose and a beautiful plan for your life. Don't give up on that plan until he decides it's time to call you home. Stay here. Okay?